This is the Misfit Vegan Podcast, episode 263. I'm reading a book called On Grief and Grieving, Finding the Meaning of Grief Through the Five Stages of Loss. If you don't know the five stages, they are denial, anger, bargaining, depression, and acceptance. And I highly recommend this book. It's by Elizabeth Kubler-Ross and David Kessler. I'm going to be reading an excerpt from this book. And you don't need to be dealing with loss to find some value in this. I'm going to be talking about depression so the fourth stage of loss. And I don't know if it's just me and everyone I know, but there seems to be an epidemic right now of us feeling depressed. And I don't really know. Maybe it's something going on with the planets or the tides, the moon, which I don't even know if that's real. I don't know what's going on in the in the solar system or whatever it is, but almost every single person I talk to is having a really difficult time right now, including me. And so I want to read this to you. Depression. After bargaining, our attention moves squarely into the present. Empty feelings present themselves and grief enters our lives on a deeper level, deeper than we ever imagined. This depressive stage feels as though it will last forever. It's important to understand that this depression is not a sign of mental illness. I really liked that because right now I'm going through depression and it feels like there's something wrong with me, but there isn't. It's not a sign of mental illness. It's not a sign that there's anything wrong with me. It's part of the human experience. Everything you're feeling is valid. It's, it's proof that you're alive. When you're dead, you're not going to feel anything anymore. I mean, I don't really know what happens when we die, but every time you're going through a difficult period, when you're depressed, when you're angry, when you're sad, when you're lonely, when you're scared, when you're feeling guilty, when you're feeling, it means you're alive. So please understand that. And it's not going to last forever. The only constant in life is change. We continue. It's important to understand that this depression is not a sign of mental illness. It is the appropriate response to a great loss. We withdraw from life. Left in a fog of intense sadness wondering perhaps if there is any point in going on alone. Why go on at all? Morning comes, but you don't care. A voice in your head says it's time to get out of bed, but you have no desire to do so. You may not even have a reason. Life feels pointless. To get out of bed may as well be like climbing a mountain. You feel heavy. 
And being upright takes something from you that you just don't have to give. If you find a way to somehow get through your daily activities, each of them seems as empty and pointless as the last one. Why eat or why stop eating? You don't care enough to care. And if you could care about what was going on, it might scare you. So you don't want to care about anything. Others around you see this lethargy and want you to get out of your depression. Depression after a loss is too often seen as unnatural, a state to be fixed, something to snap out of. The first question to ask yourself is whether the situation you're in is actually depressing. The loss of a loved one is a very depressing situation and depression is a normal and appropriate response. I'm going to pause here real quick because a friend of mine recently, she put me on and I hope she's listening, but she put me on to a really cool concept, which was every time you're thinking something, every time you're judging yourself, every time you feel like you shouldn't be doing this or you shouldn't be feeling this way, I want you to say the words, the reality is, okay? So, you know, today I was really, I was really feeling tired, really, really, really tired and really down, really depressed. And I said to myself, you know, Jeanette, you got to snap out of this. You have a lot of work to do. You want to publish your, your book before your birthday. You've got a lot going on. Like you have to snap out of this. But then I said to myself, but the reality is, is that you just lost your mom. You, the reality is, is that you just had to do a lot of things in New York City by yourself. You just had to identify your mom's body by yourself. You just had to clean out your mom's and your sister's apartment by yourself. The reality is, is that it is a very depressing situation. And this is a normal and acceptable response. And I want you to start saying that to yourself. If you just went through a breakup, if you just lost your job, if you just had to, if you just had to, experience something very difficult I want you to say next time you're beating yourself up or judging yourself the reality is is that this was a very difficult situation and this is normal and natural behavior stop judging yourself stop being mean to yourself stop bulldozing yourself stop gaslighting yourself and I don't care what anybody says There is no right or wrong way to grieve. We continue. To not experience depression after a loved one dies would be unusual. When a loss fully settles into your soul, the realization that your loved one didn't get better this time and is not coming back is understandably depressing. When we are grieving... People may wonder about us, and we may wonder about ourselves. The heavy, dark feeling of depression that comes with grief, however, 
are often seen in our society as something to be treated. Of course, clinical depression untreated can lead to a worsening of one's mental state. But in grief, depression is a way for nature to keep us protected by shutting down the nervous system so that we can adapt to something we feel we cannot handle. So that sentence is the reason why I wanted to read this excerpt. I'm going to read it again. Depression is a way for nature to keep us protected by shutting down the nervous system so that we can adapt to something we feel we cannot handle. If if grief is a process of healing, then depression is one of the many necessary steps along the way. If you have the awareness to recognize you are in depression or have been told by multiple friends you are depressed, your first response may be to resist and to look for a way out. Seeking a way out of depression feels like going into a hurricane and sailing around the inside perimeter, fearful there is no exit door. As tough as it is, depression can be dealt with in a paradoxical way. I want you to see it as a visitor, perhaps an unwelcome one, but one who is visiting whether you like it or not. Make a place for your guest. Invite your depression to pull up a chair with you in front of the fire and sit with it without looking for a way to escape. Allow the sadness and the emptiness to cleanse you and help you explore your loss in its entirety. When you allow yourself to experience depression, it will leave you as soon as it has served its purpose in your loss. As you grow stronger, it may return from time to time, but this is how grief works. And I just want to leave you with this. I know that some of us have to get right back to work. When my sister died, I didn't have to get right back to work. They told me to take as much time as I needed. But I needed to get back to work because it was too painful. It was too horrible to deal with her death and to believe that it was too hard. So I went right back to work. But now, I'm in charge of my own time. And I don't go to work. I work. I work a lot. I work 24-7. But I have a lot more free time. And so the death of my sister is unavoidably unescapable. And the death of my mom and my grandma and my grandpa are very painful. And the fact that I don't know if my father's alive, I know he doesn't care that my mom or my sister died.
but the fact that I don't I don't really have anyone that kn- knew me as a child anymore. I don't have anyone to ask about, you know, different things that happened in the past, timelines and and to talk to about memories of when my sister was alive. It's very depressing. And the reality is, is that it, it's supposed to be depressing. The stages of loss are real. And I need you to understand that there's nothing wrong with you. If you're dealing with a, a loss and it's been a year, two years, 10 years, 20 years, your feelings are valid. And there's no right or wrong way to grieve. And denial, anger, bargaining, depression, and acceptance can come back at any time. And I really liked another excerpt that I want to read real quick. And thank you very much for listening to this. It's very important. And maybe you have someone in your life who has lost someone. I do really recommend you read this book or you give them this book when It feels appropriate. It's called On Grief and Grieving by Elizabeth Kobler-Ross and David Kessler. And I believe Elizabeth died before the book was published. But anyway, I wanted to read this part about... Sorry, I had to yawn. It was a really good part. Well, I'm not sure where it is, but I'm going to read this part anyway. Treating depression is a balancing act. We must accept sadness as an appropriate natural stage of loss without letting an unmanaged, ongoing depression leach our quality of life. The use of antidepressants remain a controversial topic, especially when a loss is involved. Some people are worried that if they take antidepressants, well, I didn't run away read that part actually because I don't believe in antidepressants. You know what's an antidepressant? Exercise, healthy foods, meditating, reading, listening to a podcast, okay? Don't take antidepressants. (laughs) That was not what I wanted to read. As difficult as it is to endure, depression has elements that can be helpful in grief. It slows us down and allows us to take real stock of the loss. It makes us rebuild ourselves from the ground up. It clears the deck for growth. It takes us to a deeper place in our soul that we would not normally explore. Most people's initial reaction to sad people is to try and cheer them up, to tell them not to look at those things so grimly, to look at the bright side of life. This cheering up reaction is often an expression of that person's own need and that person's own inability to tolerate a long, um, it says a long face. I didn't really 
relate to that expression, but basically what the book is trying to say is the reaction of the person of their needs and that person's own inability inability to tolerate depression. A mourner should be allowed to experience his sorrow and he will be grateful for those who can sit with him without telling him not to be sad. See, that's what that's what you need when you are going through a very difficult time. You don't need someone to tell you to get over it, to just move on, that you're wrong, that you're not that you're not right, that you're not it's not fair for you to feel that way, that it's not normal. You don't need someone to tell you to be strong. It doesn't help. And so, you know, it's not people's fault. But what I was trying to say before is that a lot of you guys out there have kids and jobs that you have to get back to. And you have a lot of responsibilities. And I I just want you to take some time to feel sad and sit with it and be sad. It's really important to feel your feelings. Really important. You don't want to, like me, I was trying really hard to stay busy and work and work and work. And I burnt out. And I was staying up until 2, 3 in the morning working. Because I didn't want to go to sleep. Because I was afraid to sleep. I was afraid if I slept, I might dream about my sister. I might dream about my mom. I might dream about my grandpa or my grandma. I might, f- I might feel as soon as I woke up. So I didn't want to go to sleep. I wanted to just keep making reels. I wanted to keep writing my book. I wanted to keep working on, on things. And now I'm burnt out. And now I'm exhausted. And, um, yeah, I'm realizing you have to, you have to sit with it and you have to feel it if you ever want to heal it. And please understand it's not going to be easy because you might have young kids, you might have young children that don't understand why you're not yourself. And hopefully you have a spouse in your life who can take care of them while you can just sit with your sadness and sit with your depression and sit with the loss that is so very hard and and slowly start to accept, which is the next stage of loss, accept your new reality. Your reality will never be the same. I'm sorry that this happened to you. I'm sorry that life is so hard. Nobody nobody prepares you. Nothing and nobody can prepare you for life. But please know that this too shall pass. This will pass. You don't have to bulldoze yourself. You don't have to make it pass. You don't have to keep yourself busy. 
this will pass eventually and you will have a new normal and it might not scratch that it will never be like it was ever and that can feel extremely depressing the fact that I'm never going to ever be able to play with my sister to watch movies with my sister to to take her around the corner around the block take her out it's very difficult And I'm never going to be able to give my mom or my grandma or my grandpa a better life. It's not possible anymore. And that's a new normal. And not having anyone that I need to be responsible for, that's a very strange reality to me. And it's very scary. And the reality is, is that it's scary to lose someone. It's scary to not know who you are anymore. It's scary to have to to have to start over and create a new identity and to not have any distractions is very scary. But I'm doing the best I can and that's all we can do, my boo. We can just do the best we can. And last thing I want to say real quick. Oh, I had it. I had it, but it just like escaped me again. I had it on the tip of my tongue. Darn. Well, that's all, folks. I don't know. I don't really know how to end this, but I'm really grateful to you for listening. I know you're listening because you need to listen. And um, try to implement that reality is sentence because we can really start to judge ourselves. Oh, I remember now. I remember now. Okay. I started getting scared the other day. Or not scared, but I started thinking about it. I started thinking about how how like strange it is that in the past when I was extremely extremely sad, And I was going through depression because I have to tell you, I haven't really felt this depressed since before I went raw. So 12 years, it's been over 12 years and I've been through a lot in the last 12 years, but I haven't felt this kind of depression. And I was thinking like, oh my gosh, what if I start eating? Like, what if I start eating junk food again? Because I can't deal with it. What if I start what if I go back to eating cooked food or cookies and cakes and M&Ms and brownies and bread and pasta and ice cream? What if I eat what if I start eating the foods that used to help me through this kind of depression in the past? And I got scared for a second. And then I remembered that it's not possible. It's not possible because I don't see those things as food anymore. And I'm so grateful. And if you're someone who's trying to not see certain things as food anymore, my boo, 
I don't have anything that you don't have. I don't have any type of willpower or discipline that you don't have. Here's the only thing I have, okay? Reps. I just have repetition under my belt. All you need to do is put in the reps. After you have put in so many reps, that's when you'll have the results and the confidence and the fortitude that you really want. After you eat exclusively fruit and vegetables, nuts and seeds, for years and years and years, you will no longer see junk food as food. You will see it for what it is. It's almost like me looking at my cell phone right now. Would you try to eat your cell phone? No, you would not because your brain doesn't see it as food. Once you stay away from, once you change your mind, once you start to abstain and stay away from junk food, any type of processed foods, and you go years and you put in reps after reps after reps, and you take it one day at a time, one meal at a time, and you win the day, you win the meal, you win the hour, once you put in enough reps, you will no longer fear falling off plan because you will no longer see that substances, those products as food anymore. They're not food. They're poison. You will see them for what they are. It's like after a while, you'll, you'll have the glasses in the movie They Live. Who has seen that movie? It's a fucking classic. You got to see this movie, They Live. This guy finds these glasses and he puts them on and he sees the world for what it is. And that's exactly what the raw vegan diet does. And when I say raw, you don't have to be raw. I'm talking about the healthy vegan diet. A healthy vegan diet helps you put on those glasses. Thank you very much for listening. I hope you understand. There's nothing wrong with you. The reality is, is that you're going through a very difficult time right now. And if you were not depressed, then there would be something wrong. I appreciate you for listening. Bye, boo.